Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. The studios are closed due to the pandemic at the moment, so I'm sending this out from further afield, but still on a wandry land of the Kulin Nation, near the banks of the Merry Merry. I acknowledge their ongoing connection to the land and waters and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. In today's show, I'm talking with sibling duo Eden and Josh Carroll of Littlefoot and Company, who host a monthly spoken word and other free community arts events in the city of Casey. Like all live gig conveners around the country, their regular venue is closed due to COVID-19, and they've had to transition to an online format. Eden and Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for meeting with us. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) So, Littlefoot, uh, it's a great name. How did it all start? To take it real far back is probably about nine years ago, eight years ago, we had a stray cat enter our house or enter our lives at that time, my sister and I, and when we were staying at our mother's house and that cat entered our life and then it forced Eden and myself to move out of home and adopt this cat. Um, so we did that, that kind of led us to living together. And when we started living together, we wanted to, you know, run some events and spaces with just our friends, just, you know, really kind of chill, um, casual kind of way. And we actually stumbled across uh, this documentary called To Be Heard, which was uh, about spoken word in New York. And then we just said, you know what, do you want to get some friends over, write some poems and see who's keen to kind of share and try this new thing. So uh, basically, yeah, that's exactly what we did. We invited 10 of our friends over at our house. Everyone kind of wrote some poetry and some poems and everyone kind of, no one had ever done it before. So uh, basically that was the first time. And then since then we were a bit hooked and, um, it kind of just grew from there. And then we ended up naming our company after our second cat, which is Littlefoot. So <laughs> I guess that's a long-winded way of telling you how the name came to be. So so why poetry? That's a good question. Uh, I think we've both always been quite artistic and um, I played music and uh, I was a tattooist at the time, so loved art and Josh really loved rap. And I think we just watched the documentary and it kind of seemed such a – a vulnerable thing to do with our friends to kind of get the people who we were closest with, but to put in this completely new thing into the friendship group and be like, kind of see what would happen if we all wrote poetry. Um, And we didn't really know how much we would love it. It was kind of a bit of a, what's something different that we can do? And so it was poetry, but then the night that we actually did it and shared and it was we were so overwhelmed with fear to do it and it was uh we were in such a trusting kind of uh group but it was something very new and with that as soon as we did the first one it was kind of like we need to do this again and we invited more people um and then it just kind of took off from there really i guess and i'll just add it was kind of a really um unique way for us to kind of uh, you know, express creatively, and it was also acting as like therapy for us. And 
you know, poetry was really good at uncovering a lot of things subconsciously about myself or, you know, Eden or the people that we mm-hmm. who were coming to any of our spaces that were kind of realizing all these things about ourselves and like growing out of the process. And then when you add that to performing in front of people or sharing with other people, um, you know, you're just gaining so much confidence in yourself and kind of developing as a person and kind of just opened up all these different avenues just outside of what we do, but more, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I've shared poetry in front of a large group. Well, next time I have to publicly speak, it's not as scary because that was one of the most terrifying experiences. (laughs) But that eased, obviously. Um, But it was that that really kind of attracted us to, you know, poetry, spoken word, and then, you know, running the spaces ourselves, kind of wanting to provide that element to other people as well. And did you find that your friendships grew stronger? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like a, a new phase of the friendship where people mm. were able to kind of really talk openly about, you know, their feelings, their emotions, and their perspective on the world and how they were handling things. And it just, everyone was kind of relating at once. Um, and then creating that platform just kind of of real rawness created those bonds and those friendships. And then that grew to, you know, using that group and then we'll run like outdoor cinema nice and that same group would kind of support us. And so since day one, every, you know, that very first couple of poetry events, it's that friendship group while the ones that kind of stuck with us definitely been a blessing. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. What about your sibling relationship? Um, no, I think it's definitely strengthened it. Um, I just feel like Josh is like one of my best mates. Like it doesn't feel, I don't know, people ask us a lot, but it's like, it's kind of just like working with a best friend. Like it doesn't really, I mean, it gets on my nerves, but not really. Like, <laughs> Yeah, look, <laughs> Brendan, she, she's definitely the boss, so there's no denying. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely agree with everything Eden just said. So, And so from your living room, it grew. How did that happen? Yeah, so, I mean, our first one, just at a house, 10 people, and I think it was the euphoria of the aftermath of that night that we kind of instantly were like, let's do it again. So we wanted to invite more friends and then – we did it at another friend's house with more people and more people were sharing. And then from there it was like, well, once we've done two, we've got to do it again. So um, we're very lucky. We got in contact with a bar in Berwick. So in main street in Berwick, there's this bar called 81 and we just kind of reached out to them and it was really great. Um, and then we kind of basically had residency at that bar for oh, 12, 18 months. Once yeah. we were doing it once a month. Um yeah. And at the same time, we were kind of growing the space, you know, the spoke word and the poetry was definitely the core of what we were doing, but then we were doing a lot of different things. So like a lot of fundraisers, trivia nights, we got into like movie nights and trying to run, you know, community spaces as well. Um, And then fortunately for us, Bundle Place was being built. So Bundle Place in Narry Warren is a new art centre. It's been around for a few years um, in the city of Casey. And as that was getting built, we're kind of driving past going, We'll make it there one day. Um, and then fast forward like, you know, a year or a year and a half, it got built. Actually, the council reached out to Eden and myself or Little Food and Company um, to kind of just assist them with a, a youth event. And then through that initial meeting, we met one of the arts program directors at Bundle and he kind of just believed in us immediately. And then we we're able to transfer from the, the pub scene into this studio that was equipped with, you know, sound engineers, tech, a bar, really versatile space, seating for, 
you know, one, 200 or intimate 50 small kind of gigs. And we'll just, you know, and then from there it was like, all right, now we've got a kind of foundational space to kind of run it monthly. So then there was the pressure of making sure people would come, would people still perform? Would we be able to get feature poets? Um, so it was a little bit of that anxiety and there still kind of is with every single event, but that's just my nature. But um, at the same time, it was, I wouldn't say it was a challenge. It was more of a, a really good opportunity for us. Once we kind of, I think just as we were going to Bundle, um, me and Josh for Littlefoot, it kind of became a bit more like, this is actually what we want to be doing. We want to be able to provide creative spaces for people with the real kind of therapeutic undertones. So then I went back to study and get my master's in art therapy. So that um, essentially we can run, the goal is to get our own space where we can run free art therapy um, and art therapy groups and then creative workshops and kind of connect that with spoken word and other creative spaces. So really allowing people to engage in, you know, creative expression or re-engage in that but then also have a community or a social kind of outlet for that creativity as well. So people that I've worked with are clients that I've worked with uh, doing art therapy, but then being able to put creative language on top of um, that I think is really important. I think it's really important to kind of, you know, give yourself other tools and other ways to kind of understand yourself other than just our normal kind of language. I think you can get into a different um way of thinking when you're thinking creatively rather than just you know if I asked Josh how he was in a conversation and he would tell me yeah I'm okay but then if he was like to write it in a poem it'd be something completely different you know like um, so I think it's really therapeutic and then I think uh, that element of being on stage is another kind of therapy in the sense of what Josh was saying around anxiety and confidence and um if you can step into that fear and share and then that feeling afterwards of I did that thing or I was brave in that moment, that in itself is therapeutic. And have you noticed in the local community and in, in the regulars, have you noticed a change in the way people perform? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had a lot of people sort of come through the space in really kind of dark periods or dark times and really share, op- share openly and, you know, just to kind of see them, you know, month after month grow and kind of continue to form even friendships within the kind of community. Um, and we've been lucky to kind of run some some workshops with groups like Headspace and some schools and, and all over the place to sort of, um, you know, get young people coming through the space and, you know, not knowing what spoken word or poetry is and kind of just giving it a crack and then, you know, revealing stuff about themselves and sharing with other people. It's just been so great. And it's kind of one of the things or the main thing that's really encouraged us to kind of keep pursuing and keep growing and you know, even when did art therapy and studied that because of it so um it was kind of like once we saw a lot of people going through significant change and once there was a community forming and the scene was growing and people were kind of experimenting and being creative outside of the space it really just encouraged Eden and myself to kind of say all right this is this is kind of our life now so we're just like dedicating <laughs> we're just like all right what we were doing before this forget about all that and we just kind of, you know, everything we've done is with the is with little foot in mind and yeah. wanting to eventually grow until we can get our own, you know, art space so we can provide free art therapy and uh, free creative therapy and like be a, um, you know, a community space that people are comfortable to share with that's welcoming of everyone and 
diversity is definitely welcome and um yeah try and get some sort of southeast poets representing in the melbourne scene <laughs> um and uh talking about dark times the times have yeah. suddenly changed um how are you running the event now when this all happened i guess with our um what we've always been doing which is kind of everything has an art therapy undertone it was about this is a collective trauma for everyone everyone's lives are kind of just being stopped or changed in some dramatic way um and so we were kind of like the spaces that we're running is more important than ever for people to have um an outlet or a way to express creatively and so we kind of we're quite lucky that my partner who we live with is a videographer so when we kind of wanted to go online we're like let's see what happens if we put the event online or put our spoken word not online um so we're quite lucky that um jay knows what he's doing because me and josh have no idea and he has like some setup and kind of was like we can go live and he can easily cut in between um us talking and um showing a poet or a performer um having sent in a pre-recorded video so we did that for the first time and it was just such a like uh it was a great night. Like it felt yeah. like we were out of the house, even though we were still inside. But just to have, you know, regular faces, see them pop up and them sharing and then um, people actively commenting and um, supporting each other. And we weren't really sure how it was going to work because our space is so much about that um, welcoming, supportive space. And we weren't really sure how that would translate online. Um, but it's been amazing, the community that, attends all the spoken words um, on a regular kind of basis and everyone that's kind of been coming in since we've been online uh, have been incredible, really supportive of each other. Um, and it's been really good. Have you had any international visitors? Yeah, we had, um, I think one of our first or second ones, we had someone from Spain send us through a poem. So that was like, that was pretty crazy. We're like, okay, <laughs> her piece is great. Um, we've had, we've definitely had some interstate. We've had someone from Florida, so the US. They sent us through a piece, I think, at our last one or the one beforehand, um, which is a really good surprise. It's, I think that's one of the beauties of running these events online is reducing those barriers for attendance or involvement. Um, you know, they're still encouraging that element of bravery and courage to send through like a poem or a story to to us to show but um yeah we've had a few internationals and i think we're going to have some uh, some english poets coming through on the next one too so yeah i mean our kind of philosophy or our thing is like everyone's at home so you might as well reach out to some you know some of your favorite artists and just see what happens feels like that thursday night's a tv show and our friends are tuning in and they've kind of given us some really good feedback and it's just a lot of fun from us to, yeah. to host it, have a couple of wines, listen to some poems and, um, yeah, engage with people in a different way. But um, I guess with the same hopeful attitude that we've always kind of had. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical community-owned media during our June station appeal. We'll be taking donations online to help keep the station going for another year. Like so many community organisations, we're feeling the impact of COVID-19 restrictions, and we know you are too. But independent community media is more important than ever, and we hope you can show your support with a donation. 
The 3CR station appeal starts on Monday the 1st of June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. 3CR, here to stay. Viruses like flu and coronavirus spread when tiny droplets from coughs and sneezes land on surfaces that others touch. You can help reduce this risk by coughing or sneezing into your elbow or upper arm, or use a tissue and put the tissue in the bin straight after. Then wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. You are listening to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. I'm talking with Eden and Josh Carroll from the community arts organisation Littlefoot and Company. Have you noticed a difference in the tone of the poetry since the pandemic hit? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had some obviously COVID-centric pieces. Um, you know, we always encourage a variety of different, you know, f- forms. So. Um, We've also dabbled with the idea of maybe do we want to do a theme event, like theming about COVID, but at the same time, we also just want to kind of let people be creative and still vent in any way. So, yeah, definitely some dark tones in, in some cases, but then, you know, the very next performer or someone else might be doing a poem about something completely different, not necessarily relating it to to COVID exactly. But, um, yeah, a bit of a blend, I would say. And how are you guys coping? Yeah, good, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, we're, we're both quite lucky that our other jobs were still working, so we're both youth workers, um, which is – we're starting to crave human connection. So with both Littlefoot and our other jobs, it's so people-centred um, and we're constantly face-to-face and working with people, working with youth or running our spaces. So that's been a big adjustment and kind of uh, changing – how we kind of work and um, how we interact with young people. Um, but it's good because we can still, we're still working and we still get to engage with young people and do our jobs. Um, but it does mean that Littlefoot and our youth work and we live together. So we're kind of like in this space a lot of the time doing a lot of stuff. Um, and I think now it's at a point where we're kind of, um, I know for me, I'm starting very much to crave working with people. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I think naturally we're quite, you know, introverted people. Myself particularly, I can't really leave my house anyway. But uh, <laughs> I guess so. I was pretty chilled at the very beginning, um, and I guess it's gotten to that point very much like Eden said, where it's all right, mm. time to kind of get out and about if we can safely, obviously. But um, yeah, also been lucky that we've been in this kind of position where we work and live together. You know. Yeah, that makes very fortunate that we're still employed. Um, Got a house full of cats, so there's plenty of joy. <laughs> Basketball ring in the backyard. Got a bike that I get to ride quite regularly. So, yeah, going going pretty well. I mean, considering. And in your work as uh, youth workers, what are some of the issues that young people are facing that you're finding? Yeah, so there's definitely, I mean, a lot of uncertainty and anxiety. You know throw it back to the start of the year with the the bushfires and climate change and that harrowing kind of story and then you add this and um there's a very bleak outlook for a lot of young people i think one of the the biggest things is like also like youth employment and getting gainful employment for young people 
particularly right now, obviously. So with all these jobs shut down and what a job's going to look like in the future and how are young people kind of going to be able to get any kind of part-time work and gain that independence. And um, so there is a lot of fear and anxiety around that. Um, there's also a lot of champions, young people in the, in the community too, kind of, you know, taking this opportunity to, I guess, grow as a person, become leaders and represent the community strongly and kind of, um, I guess, shine the light for younger people around them and, the people that they know and kind of um, start being creative and, and thinking differently. I definitely notice a lot of an increase in creativity um, coming out of yeah. a, a lot of young people, I guess, which has probably been one of the benefits of all, all the downtime um, because of this is, you know, young people kind of getting re-engaged in creative projects and having a bit of fun. Yeah, definitely. I think um, my role, um, I'm the Young Women's Leadership Officer at Casey. And so I've got a group of 22 young women who are, uh, there's a mix of anxiety and uncertainty. A lot of them are in year 11, year 12 or first year uni. Um, and that kind of not knowing what's happening. And it's already, I guess, a, it's already a difficult time at that age when you're kind of transitioning into becoming more independent. And now that the world is kind of chaotic and very uncertain, but at the same time, they're also motivated and willing and wanting to help their community. There seems to be um, a big drive for that and a big push for creativity. We're kind of getting up a community mural project happening and putting a call out for young people to make art in response to some themes that the young people have chosen. And that's really positive. So while it's challenging at the same time, like anything you see, all that positive and all that good and all that, I guess, optimism and resilience and hope that comes with young people as well. Young people are extremely compassionate and there's a lot of empathy in young people and that kind of community um, element is there. I think you have to kind of be really optimistic and hopeful because regardless, even if it goes the other way, if you're only bleak it's only going to be bleak so it's kind of about doing as much as you can and kind of doing it regardless of what the outcome might be and I think this generation coming up uh, they've got so much knowledge but I think they've got so much compassion I really see that and the arts yeah. uh, has been kicked in the guts for want of a yeah. more eloquent phrase how's that impacted on your lives uh, I mean i you know, obviously going out to gigs and events and spaces, that's definitely impacted us in that way. Um, I think for us as like a company, you know, everything that we do is for free um, and we don't really make money off Little Foot and Company. So I guess it's we're still very lucky that we've got that second job and we're able to still put all this effort and energy into mm. creating artistic spaces and creative spaces where people can still engage in art, um, you know, like I said, for free. So, I mean, one of the things we've kind of wanted to try and do is still get in touch with, um, you know, poets and performers and, you know, through our roles, still kind of utilise artists to facilitate workshops and get them, you know, at least some income coming in where they can run spaces for younger people who might be, you know, a gateway into poetry and spoken word and really that, like Ian was saying, the therapeutic benefits of creative writing and expressing yourself in front of people. So. You know, it's definitely a shame, obviously, but um, for us, it's hasn't really stopped us in the goal and the direction that we've really wanted to, mm. to go. Do you think art's been uh, overlooked or undervalued in this crisis? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like they're kind of saying who cares about art, which is mm. obviously not great. Uh, even being an art therapist and kind of like working in different um, places. And last year I worked in a prison and trying to highlight the importance of art and it's, you know, innately a human quality to make art. We all start making art when we're children and it's so therapeutic and it's such a way of how we understand and process. And, you know, in that therapy kind of uh, world, having to kind of highlight and push the importance of that and knowing that kind of struggle that um, it's really is an important tool um, for all of us. And so then the other element, which is artists and being paid to uh, make art and just, it's so important, but I think um, yeah, there's a long way to go for people to kind of realise how significant and how important. And I think even people who don't maybe engage in art every day don't know that they engage in art every day. So I imagine, you know, not having music or not having your favourite TV show or your favourite book. It's such an important part of just our day-to-day lives and I don't think there's enough kind of understanding and, yeah, understanding around that. So when's the next Little Foot and Company show? Yep. So our next online event will be Thursday, I believe it's the 28th of March. Yeah, the 20th. Yeah. Um, so from 7.30. Um, so we're still accepting poets and performances and stories and whatnot. So if anyone's listening to this wants to send us through something for that, absolutely. Um, and then we also have a art space, the Saturday. 23rd? Saturday yeah. the 23rd. So that's from 10.30. So that's basically Eden facilitates a bit of an art uh, an art space in the morning, runs for, for 90 minutes. Anyone can get involved. There's a lot of um, prompts. You don't need to be an artist to to engage in that, but it's just about being involved, connecting through art with other people. You know, I, d- I get in there and do my <laughs> best to create some stuff. Um, it's just a, um, you know, fun experience for a Saturday morning. So um, the more people, everyone's welcome, like we said. So if you want to tune in, just need to follow our Facebook page and you'll probably see us at some point on your uh, newsfeed. <laughs> Well, thank you both for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been great, Brendan. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your support and um, reaching out to us and giving us this opportunity. So, very grateful. Awesome. All right. See you, mate. You can find out more about the work that Josh and Eden are doing by going to www.littlefootandcompany.com.au. And if you'd like to be part of their online poetry night, you can submit your video from anywhere in the country or indeed the world. Just go to the Contact Us section of the site or look up Littlefoot and Company on social media. This has been Spoken Word. You can find us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. And of course, on the air every Thursday at 9am in fair weather, fire or pestilence. I am Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening.